Hey there. Is today your first time here? Or maybe your first time in a while? If so, maybe you're wondering exactly who we are and what this church is all about. Well, we'd like you to know that we're a group of ordinary people who are on an amazing journey together following Christ. Our guide is the Bible because it's the divinely inspired Word of God and it will never take us in the wrong direction. Along the way, we hope you'll see that we are welcoming and spiritually passionate and that getting to know you is a big deal to us. We know that the road is rough sometimes, but we'll work really hard to bring you practical and relevant messages to equip and encourage you through life's ups and downs. We want you to know that we care about this community and we believe that it's our job to make it a better place. So, no matter who you are or where you've been, we're glad you're here with us today. And we hope that you'll join us on our journey, following Christ and living out His plan for us. So, welcome to church. Morning, champions. Welcome to Fellowship of Champions. I'm Pastor Sean Strickland. It's my super cute husband, Pastor Edwin Strickland. And we are here um, to share with you the virtual ministry of Fellowship of Champions Church International. We are a church teaching you to walk in love, live by faith, and experience God's prosperity in every area of life. So can you hear us this morning? Let us know that you can hear us. Well, me, because only one of us has said something. Good morning, everybody. Welcome, <laughs> champions. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Glad you are joining us this morning. Uh, as you have already seen, we're asking if you are a first time visitor. If so, go ahead and let us know where you are watching from. Uh, and then just let us know, say hashtag first time. Remember, if you're watching us live, go ahead and hashtag live. If you're going to be watching this uh, via replay because you're watching this after this service is over, hashtag replay. Uh, we've gotten comments it says you can hear us that's great so we're not having any technical difficulties um and the good news is or bad news depending on how you see it it is snowing in northwest arkansas this morning it, it is snowing. snowing uh also just happy to have everybody on once again uh we want you to share this broadcast we want you to come in the room light the room up with hearts and likes uh as pastor shun has stated many times before that helps with our analytics it helps to push out the broadcast to other people and then speaking of that, uh, I wanted to share with you that we appreciate everything everybody is doing. Uh, the analytics on our page for our broadcasts on Sundays are just going up, up and up. Uh, the number of people reached is up like 54 uh, percent. The number of people who are watching the broadcast is up like 164 percent. And I believe the number of engagements that we are having post engagements, meaning people are commenting, they're saying things after they're watching the broadcast of the replay is up like 64%. So we appreciate you guys sharing that. That means a lot of people that you are sharing this with are actually watching it, even if they don't ever say anything, right? That's really cool. So we want to ask you to do a couple of things. If you haven't, okay. So first of all, you may be watching this from a couple of different streams. So it's streaming on Fellowship of Champions. It's also streaming on my personal Sean Strickland page, on his Edwin Strickland page, and then on my professional page. And but, on YouTube. And on YouTube, right? But we, and our website. And our website, mm -hmm. right? So lots of places to be able to reach people no matter where they are. And so one, we would like to ask you if you haven't subscribed to our YouTube channel to do that, right? What's our YouTube channel? 
Uh, that, I think they could put it in the, in the comment section in the links. <laughs> <laughs> and then to like, um, to like and follow Fellowship of Champions. Yes. And so, listen, we have a desire to reach the entire world. And the reason that we want to reach the entire world, we're not saying that every single person in the world belongs to Fellowship of Champions, but a lot of you do. And we want to reach the entire world because early on in ministry, when the Lord first called us to ministry, one of our passions was really to see people how to walk out the word practically. And hello, and Sandra Reese. I just started to interrupt, but she's a first time visitor. Thank you for coming and visiting us this morning. Oh, that's cool. Okay. I can take interruptions. <laughs> um, and so um, it, we had a lot of frustration early in our relationship, in our walk with God, things we had seen in church where people really loved God, but they were incredibly frustrated because they didn't know how to get breakthrough. And I remember us having that frustration, <laughs> yes. right? And, you know, especially time this time of year in a normal year, um, which I'll talk about that in a second, in a normal year, people would be saying, get ready for 2021 and all of that different stuff. And I spent a lot of years being really kind of frustrated because everybody would be talking about the year we were getting ready to have. But I felt like it was like people showing me this beautiful cake, mm. giving me the ingredients, but not telling me how to bake it. Yeah. Did yeah. you feel that? You remember that feeling? Yeah, we talked about it. We said, you know, it's like um, it's, it's one thing to have the ingredients to make something. But the way you add those ingredients make a difference, right? It's like if you don't know that you're supposed to add all the dry ingredients first and then the liquid ingredients, or if you don't know you're supposed to put this in because it causes this chemical reaction or whatever, and you do it wrong, you can have all the right ingredients but come up with the wrong uh, outcome. And that's what I felt like early in my Christian walk. I kept coming, I kept, I kept having all of these ingredients, but I clearly wasn't mixing them right because I wasn't getting the desired results. And how many of you can relate to that, that feeling of being like, man, I know that God has something better for me. I've read the promises. I believe the promises. Yes. I love Jesus. I'm a sower. I'm a faster. You know, I go to church. I support my ministry, my pastors, whatever. But I still feel like there are breakthroughs that we I'm not getting through. Mm. And one of the things that we really have learned over years, which started before we yeah. started pastoring, yeah. praise God, um, is that faith is the breakthrough key. It is. Faith is the access key. And I want to make this connection for you. Faith is always expressed in obedience. Always. It is always expressed in obedience. Yes. So if I say I have faith, um, in the system of seed time and harvest, but I don't sow, I don't have faith in that system and I'm never going to get the harvest that comes with it. Right. Right. And so I think that this is so important because that's why I'm saying to you as a part of our um, introduction, this is why we want you to help us get the word everywhere. Mm. If you have gotten something from this ministry that has changed how you engage with the word, it's built your faith. It's encouraged you. It's, it's strengthening you. Help us reach the world because yeah. I know for a fact that there are lots of believers who really love God that are incredibly frustrated. And here's the other thing is that because faith is one of those words that we all think we know what it means, yeah. we we don't always know what it means. There's a thousand different definitions. And sometimes when people are talking about faith, they are literally talking about denomination. They're really talking about whether you're Kojic or whether you're Presbyterian or whether you're AME or Baptist. And because we use the word faith so generally, uh, which is why I'm really glad that last week and this week we're having an opportunity to sit down with those who join us on the broadcast and those who are watching on the replay and really talk about what you call faith 
foundations. foundations. Because if you don't build the right foundation, the house can't stand. We know that's true in the natural. You know, you look at skyscrapers that they build in New York. Well, as tall as those skyscrapers go up, you got to think there's something holding. There's a footing holding that building up. So before they ever go up, they got to go down. And go so down. before we ever want to see all this manifestation of these things we, we, we want and desire, we have got to build down into our souls with this understanding of faith foundation. And one of the things I really appreciate you, we've been pastoring 20 years, almost, it'll be 21 years in August. Yeah. And one of the things that you taught us early on, which is before I was pastoring, because I was still working through that, um, you know, Baptist girls couldn't preach and, <laughs> and, and not be Jezebel. Right. Um, but when a, a, one, one of the things you really taught us was to have a deep appreciation for the word of God. Mm -hmm. You taught us that. And, and you know, back in that day, um, I mean, it would not be uncommon for you to teach the same message yeah. for a month, for six weeks. You really taught us not to despise repetitive teaching. And so I just want to encourage those of you who think you got faith. Number one, the word is alive, so you can always build on something sure, else, right? Absolutely. And this is what I say is that until you're doing everything Jesus said you could do, casting out devils, raising the dead, pulling money out of fish mouth, walking on water. We yep. all still have something that we can learn Absolutely. and grow with, Absolutely. right? And so we have some announcements to get with, but I really wanted to press into you why our heart is so about, number one, teaching you to love the word, teaching you to be able to sit and hear the word. In, in this dispensation, you don't even have to be to sit and hear it. You can listen to it while you're cooking dinner. You can listen to it while you're taking a shower. You can lay down and listen to it. You can listen to it while you're driving. But to really build capacity for the word, because while faith is always expressed in obedience, faith is always going to come by what you hear. Yeah. And, you know, I think about that, you know, I go back to those days when you mentioned where I would teach the same message for a month. And I remember early on, we used to say to the people in our church back when we were abundant life. Right. We would say to them, we don't need to teach something new until you've grasped what, what we've taught before. And that's so true, because when I think about that, <clears throat> this year serving as the girls learning coach, right, um, in, in their online school, there are many times in algebra and geometry, I had to go back and listen to those lessons over and over and over before I understood it again. Uh, and so don't don't feel like because you need to hear it again, that something that that makes you flawed in some way. It actually doesn't. But we know that most people have to hear something seven to 13 times repetitively before they begin to get a comprehensive understanding of it. Uh, and the same thing is true with faith. If you don't spend time understanding faith and really knowing how faith works in a biblical sense, then you start to piecemeal together what everybody is saying. And then you have this thing that's supposed to be faith, but really it's just a hodgepodge of, of people's opinions. And that's one of the reasons, you know, Chris just said we taught on the fruit <coughs> of the spirit for one year. Yeah. We literally taught yeah. on the fruit of the spirit for one yeah. year. Someone said, how in the world can you do that? Easily. We, just, we didn't move. We, we didn't finish. We just moved moved on after a year. <laughs> and so we really just want to encourage you to be students of the word and not to despise repetitive teaching and to do what we do, which is that, you know, Edwin and I, we've been married for 26 years. We've been pastoring together for almost 21 years. But every time I hear him teach, I sit as <coughs> though I haven't heard it before. Mm. Even when I know the joke you're going to tell, right. right? Even when I know the example that you're going to use, because the Bible says he who has ears to hear, let, let him, him hear. hear. And so you have to train yourself to hear and the thing that i think that you really should challenge yourself in that like is that, that if you have binge watched anything you can binge on the word 
if you have binge watched, how many nights has it been during this pandemic, right? It was Ozark, it was um, it was Ozark, it Blacklist. was Blacklist, where literally we won't start watching till nine o'clock at yeah. night, and then we'll be like, and then and then at one o'clock you'll be like, we think we can get one more episode. Yeah. At two o'clock, we think we can get one more episode. Why? Because when we when we get hungry, because somebody asked me a question this week, they said, How do you create capacity and hunger for the word? Mm -hmm. And the best example that I have is that when the more water I drink, the more the more water I want. Mm. So if I create space to hear the word, mm -hmm. the more I will want to hear what mm -hmm. the word is saying. Mm -hmm. But if I don't create space, which is why I started saying I thought it was a very important narrative for us to begin to tell people why we unapologetically don't try to teach in 30 minutes. Right. Right. They needed to right. understand that culture because now we have so many people watching yeah. who don't just go to our local church. Right. They need to understand why we do this, that it's not just, um, you know, we can preach to ourselves and without we, ever being online. And when you start loving the word, it don't seem like 30 minutes. I mean, it, an hour seems like seems like 15, 20 minutes. Right. I mean, it's like it's like when you go. We love Marvel movies. Yes. When we go to a Marvel movie, we're never going Well, they hurry up. I mean, we are we are in the moment. We are enjoying it. So when you are in the word and the word is being fed to you and not just you're hearing somebody preach, right? Not just hearing the rhythm of their voice, but those words that they're saying are resonating with you. Man, time just almost goes out the window. Yeah, yeah, and so yeah. we, we don't rush God. I guess that's how we say we don't rush God. We we say what we have to say. And the great thing is, is that it's not even rude if people have to leave. Because we don't know it. In yeah, church, right. you might have to do that finger and get up and leave and disturb everybody. Here, you just click the button and we keep teaching and you can come back and watch it later. Or if you can only digest it at 20 minutes at a time, that's fine. But the great thing about this is we get to teach this word so that those that are hungry, they get fed. So those that are hungry can get fed. So with that said, we've got a couple of announcements that we want to give. Listen, if you have not liked Kristen Valley Worships, we encourage you to do that. Every Sunday morning, she brings worship at 930 before we jump on here at 10 a.m. And I want to encourage you to like her page. And I want to encourage you to begin to come to worship because worship really will prepare your heart for the word. Mm -hmm. It makes your heart tender for the things that God wants to say to you, right? Yep. Then right after that, we jump on here where we do Fellowship of Champions, our virtual e-service, and we bring you the word that's designed to teach you to walk in love, live by faith, and experience prosperity unapologetically, unapologetically. in every area of life. Yes. And then on Tuesday night, Tuesday night is actually my favorite Don't service. Don't forget about Monday. Oh, Monday, Mindset Monday. On Mondays, I do something called Mindset Monday, and this month, I'm doing the 31 Days of Faith. The 31 Days of Faith, because I'm really trying to press the people of God into Faith. I'm trying to press them into faith so that when you when you hear about healing, it's on the foundation of faith. When mm -hmm. you hear about restoration, it's on the foundation of faith, because in the kingdom, everything must be built on the foundation of faith. Yes. Right. And so share this video, like this video, like the page. If you haven't done Heart it. the video, like it, whatever. Everything, everything, everything. But then Tuesday is my favorite because uh, I believe a ministry is only as strong as his prayer. Because like, something supernatural always happens, happens when, when we pray. pray, when we pray. Yes. And if you get on on Tuesdays, even if you can't watch it live, guys, you will see something beautiful that our prayer team every week when they're praying, they're they're typically looking at a piece of paper. Yeah. Why are they looking at a piece of paper? Because I don't know about you, but I grew up in a church where the deacons used to get down on their knees and close their eyes. Right. But it, it it's our emotions. They don't bring break. Breakthrough. Right. It's the word right. that brings breakthrough. If, right? God, if God was moved by emotion, imagine how many different directions he'd be moved in. Yes. <laughs> but he's not moved by emotion. He's moved by, by his, his word. word. 
his word. And, and so we pray on Tuesday nights and literally shout out to our praise, our prayer team. We have the most amazing prayer team led by Minister Chandra Washington, and they are just so faithful and so diligent and staying yes. in and whatever the prayer initiatives are, whatever the prophetic words are, whatever the needs of the body are. And so come to prayer on Tuesday night at 8 p.m. Central. You can watch it on, on Fellowship of Champions. That's where we stream that yep. from, right? Yep. And then on Wednesday, we have our very own Pastor Ralph Marlowe. He he is our associate pastor here. We love him so much. He is a son in the ministry. Man, he's been with us since he was 18 yeah, years old for 19, old, years, for 19 yeah. years. And we really watched him grow up in the things of God. And let me tell you something. I get so much joy out of watching him preach. Mm -hmm. And I get so much joy out of watching him preach because it's like watching your own kid mm -hmm. grow up. And so you listen to him teaching. You just go, oh my God, look at what God is doing in his life. And so you can join him on this channel. I mean, a channel, yeah. parent channel. You can join <laughs> him on this channel, like that channel or you can also join him on his own channel which is ralphie o marlowe yep, right you yep. can be his friend there right and so if you it's a great teaching in the middle of the week because it will help you not to get weary in well-doing and so yes we're giving you a big chunk of the word on sunday but you've got to develop that capacity to you know i, I use this you example. every day you eat every most people, <laughs> most most people, people eat every most day, people multiple every times day. a day. So if you if you eat physically and naturally multiple times a day, then you ought to be eating the word eat multiple the word times a day, multiple times a day. Yep. And then on Thursday nights, we do Ignite, which is for our teens. Yep. And then we have Victory Zone, which is for our babies, which you can find on our website. Those videos are uploaded. If and they're you're just on demand not joining, anytime. Go back and start yep. from the beginning. Yep. So shout out. We want to say, first of all, shout out to all of our beautiful volunteers, our beautiful yes, staff that make these things wonderful. that yes. get things done yes. and we really want to publicly say to you we appreciate your ability to build the plane while you're flying listen we, foc couldn't be what we are if it wasn't for the people who volunteer their time their talents their skills we just appreciate them the way they get together and i mean they using green screens to make to make videos for kids that are interactive i mean they're, they're spending time with lessons they're, they're they're in the month of in the month of december and coming up because we know the athletic season changed. They switched it up. They're changing. They're going to be sending out uh, messages and stuff to our teams and trying to get them connected through different groups. They're just, they're always finding ways to grow the next generation. And that's what I appreciate about our volunteers at FOC. So we just want to say publicly, thank you to our pastors who pastor with us. Thank you to our leadership yes. and thank you to our volunteers because we All couldn't do this without you. And listen, if you want to be a part of Fellowship of Champions, you can be a virtual partner. Yes. And I've had people ask me this question. Can I be a virtual partner even if I'm a member of a church somewhere else? Yes. Think about this. People have been covenant partners with ministries, sure. even though we're, I mean, we were covenant partners with years for Pastor Creflo Dollar, yep. even though we pastor church yep. here. You can be in covenant with more than one place. Absolutely. And so if you want to be a virtual partner, the registration link is on the, on the page. And so what we want to do right now is I want to challenge y'all at our church. We do this all the time in live service. I want you to give God 13 seconds of praise. Yes. If you at home, I want you to open up your mouth. I want you to begin to praise him. I want you to think about this, that you've made it through this year. Many people have had COVID, but you did not. Maybe you had it, but you've recovered. The hand of God is on your life. Yes. He's been good yes. to you. The Bible tells us in Psalms 103, it says, don't forget his 
benefits. Yes. There are benefits to serving God and yes. you want to be connected to those benefits. So we want to see your 13 seconds of praise. We want to see you listen with your heart emojis, which your which I see Don dancing across the screen. Man, let me tell you something because God is worthy to be praised. Yes. And maybe this year did not look like you thought it would look. Maybe we missed vacations. We haven't been able to gather the way that we wanted to gather. But how many of you have still seen the goodness of God in this oh, year? Oh, absolutely. Hallelujah. Absolutely. The, the goodness, goodness of, God. of God. How many of you have seen the goodness of God? I want you to get stared up about the goodness yes. of God. How good he's been to you. I love just all the praise to, emojis. Yes. yes. Just begin to praise. open your mouth and begin. Just begin. To, I want you to just take, since it's 13 seconds, I want you to list 13 <laughs> things that the Lord has done for you yes. this year. 13 things that he's done for you this just year. Begin to rehearse just begin to those over rehearse and over those in things your out of your mouth. Yes. I'm thankful that um, he kept our family safe. Yes. I am thankful that um, he had he allowed us to renovate our house. And with this caveat, because this is what people who are married are shocked by <laughs> without one disagreement, not one, not one not disagreement. One. Not one. I am thankful for the many lives we've touched in ministry, the way oh, that we yes, have impacted yes, people, the yes, way we have gone all yes. over the world. I'm thankful for the healings that we've seen people who have been supernaturally healed this day, this year, emotionally, physically, financially. I am thankful for health and strength. What about yes. you? What are some things you're thankful Man, for? I, I'm thankful for the fact that God has kept our kids safe uh, during this time. Uh, I'm, I'm really thankful that our kids were able to, to, to be successful on the, in their online environment. We had four kids at home trying to study while we were renovating the house, having to move out of the house for a couple of weeks here, go to a hotel for a week or so here because they were painting and doing things. So I'm just thankful that during that particular time, we still all love each other. Yes. Uh, and I'm really, I really am thankful. I'm thankful for the money that was raised this year in the for midst the of a pandemic for the scholarship. Now, you knew I was going to mention yes, the scholarship. Yes. I am so excited about what God did for did for those those people who are going to be benefiting by that by those scholarships you know i'm thankful just that the people that we know who even contracted COVID, you know that that, that they've recovered from it that that you know that, that many many people have have had these long lasting um repercussions of it and i just thank god that his hand has been on us as a family as a ministry and as a community Listen, if Valley was here based off Leslie McFowl's testimony, we could shout right here. She said he woke her up every day. But number two, he said, she said, I lost my job, but I was never broke. Mm, Somebody ought to praise I, the Lord yeah. because you that's know that situation. Word. That's a whole word. Yes. Why? Because God is the source. I yes. want you to begin to thank him for being your source, the source of your peace, that's the good. source of your provision, yes. the source of your promotion, the source of your yes. favor, the source of your increase, yes. the the force of the force of your divine protection he is the source he and is. no matter what may be happening mm -hmm. in the earth realm you have a source that is unbothered and has the ability to cause us to prosper in every situation and we don't want you to forget the benefits of being in the kingdom of god listen Hallelujah. There's, a, there's about 130 people across different platforms watching us right now wherever you're watching us from take this moment and type in the comment section god is good. Yes, God good. is good. God is good. He's better than Three good. Three little words. God, God is, is good. good. I was I'm driving in the car yesterday. Good. 
And you know how there are things that older people said when you were a kid that didn't fully make sense. Mm-hmm. And even if they had songs and you sung them, they used to, if I had 10,000 tongues, I couldn't praise them enough. And I was driving to the store the other day and I had this revelation that as much as I try to say thank you, it ain't enough. It's not enough. It's just not it's enough, just not enough for how good he is. Yes. It's just not it's just enough. Not. And I begin to say to him, listen, I'm sorry. God is so good. I'm sorry that I cannot verbally express how absolutely good you have been to me. But here's what I can do. Because words just seem inadequate. They do. Good, awesome, wonderful. They just don't seem to be enough. And I said to him, I said, I cannot offer you enough words, mm. but I can't offer you my whole life. Mm. And, and by offering your life, it goes back to what we talked about. You can offer me your obedience. I it's the one thing as a believer life. that we can give to God. That, that he doesn't take us. He doesn't take from us. He doesn't make us obey him. But I can offer it. I can offer I him. Can offer Who my obedience? I want to offer God a greater level of obedience. Radical my obedience. And Pastor Chris and I were talking and I was saying, listen, God has been so good to me. That it really create. Now I wanted to live for the Lord for a long time, mm-hmm. right? And tried to live for the Lord, but it created something in me this year that said, "I don't even want to play with sin. Mm-hmm. If you don't right. like it, I right. don't like it. Right. You don't want me to post it, I don't want to post right. it. You don't want me to go there, I don't want it because you have proven to be so." That dumb good. Why would I want to do anything (laughs) to injure you? And why would I want to do anything to shut up that goodness over my my life? Man, I'm living under the goodness of God. Somebody ought to receive that prophetically. I am living under the goodness of God. Hallelujah. That's so Hallelujah. The Bible says that his eyes run to and fro throughout the whole earth, looking to show himself strong on behalf of them who are faithful to him. How am I faithful to God? Through my obedience. Through my obedience. How am I faithful to God? Through my obedience. He's looking for somebody. Through my obedience. How does he he find them? Through their obedience. And you know, what I was thinking is that here is what maturity starts to look like. Mm. In the natural and in the spiritual. Mm -hmm. When you move from trying to figure out What's the least you can do for God? Come on. Yeah, yeah. Or the least you can do for your parents. To saying, I'm all in. Yeah. No, I'm I'm you can all, have all of this. You can have all of this. Yes. I'm all in. You don't want somebody to be my friend. You don't want me to date somebody. You don't want me to live in a city. You don't want me to go down a career path. I don't care. I'm all in. And I just remember when I got to the point where I recognized what my grandmother had sacrificed for me. Mm. And it changed how I went from being like Oh, she want me to do X to being like, it's my good pleasure. It's See, the least I can it's do. It's the least I can do. It's my reasonable it's service. It's my reasonable service. <laughs> what I am hoping will happen for you as you're listening to this teaching today is that it will become your delight to obey God. I'm all in. It, it will become I'm your delight. Not I'm afraid I'm going to be cursed. I'm afraid I'm going to go to hell. But it is my delight. If mm. you ask me to do something, it's the least I could do. Delight myself in I the Lord. I delight myself in the Lord. How do I delight myself in the Lord? Obedience. Through my obedience. Through my obedience. I'm going to keep saying that. Ain't no other way. Listen, <laughs> let's, pray. let's and pray. Then we'll just, let's pray. Listen. But listen, while we praying, y'all keep giving those hearts. You keep telling God thank you. Yep. I love seeing these people say, I'm all in. I'm all in. I, I I want there to begin to be some maturity birth 
in our virtual partners, mm -hmm. in our covenant partners, that you begin to say, listen, I may have lived in my, uh, my time where God had to wrestle with me with obedience. I may have lived in this time where God had to keep telling me the same thing over and over again, but I'm done with that. Mm -hmm. As I think about how good he's been to me, as I think about how he has preserved my life, how he's kept me, how I've gotten myself in pits that he got me out of, that I've made bad choices and he's redeemed me. I'm growing up. I'm casting off all of that immaturity and I'm all in. I'm all in. We used to say it like this. You remember we used to we used to always have these little phrases and we would say stuff like, God, when you move, I move. Just like that. Just like that. When, when you <laughs> when you, you know move. the song, when, when you move, God, when you move, I, move, I move. Just, just like, like that. that. <laughs> when you move, I move. Come on, y'all say that. Say it by faith. Yes. When you move, when, you listen, you may be sitting here right now tangled in a relationship, tangled in a city, tangled in a job, tangled in a space, tangled in your mind. Mm -hmm. But I believe if you'll begin to declare, God, when you move, when I you move, move just I like move. that. Just when like you that. move, I move just, <laughs> just like that. that. Yeah. You need to begin to create yeah. a totally different mindset yeah. that obeying God is yeah. not grievous yeah. to you. It's not hard to you. Baby, when he move, you move just like that. If he going left, you going left. Because you don't want to be nowhere he's not. Mm -hmm. If he on the left side, you want to be on the left side. Yeah. You don't want him to have to come and grab you out of danger. You want to walk with him so close that you literally covered up in his coat. <laughs> that even yes. when the enemy come for you, he can't see you because you so hidden mm -hmm. in him. Oh, yo, my mm -hmm. God, my God, my God. <laughs> when you move, we move, When you God. move, we move just That's like right. that. So let's just pray. Father, whatever yes. you want to do, yes. hallelujah. Have your way. Whatever you purposed in your heart over us, yes. whatever you anointed and appointed us to do before the foundation of the earth, we say yes. yes. We say when you move, we move yes. just, just like, like that. that. Just like that. Father, God. we repent for being stubborn and being slothful and arguing and fighting against you. And we step into a new level of maturity with yes. the help of the Holy Ghost. Yes. It is a delight to mm -hmm. obey you. It is, it is our it good is. pleasure to it go is. your way. Yes. It is our good pleasure yes. to give when you say yes. give. Fast when you say yes. fast. Pray when yes. you say pray. Move when you say move. Yes. We are so thankful. We thank you for the opening of our eyes. Eyes. The Bible says the entrance of your word bringeth light. Bringeth we light. thank you for the opening of our eyes yes, to Father. see how absolutely good you yes. are. Everything, any place that the enemy has ever deceived us, tricked us, used our flesh to make us yes. think that you want anything other than good for us. We rebuke it, take authority yes. over it now, and we embrace the yes. truth. You are good yes. and your commandments are good if you're listening to me pray i want you to begin to say and his commandments are good his commandments not only is he good, good but everything he declares to me it yes. is good yes. father we bless you you are a great god you are the preserver of your people you are the protector of your people you are our righteousness you are our redeemer you are our favor you are our mercy you are our grace yes. you love us with an everlasting love and so lord we just come together as a collective body yes. and say we move yes. when you move yes. just like that. We're all in and we're growing up. You can use our lives. You Somebody ought to say that. Lives. Use my life, use God. Me. Use my life. You can it's some use people my around life. me who need to be saved. You can it's some people around life. me I need to pray for and they need yes. to recover. It's some people around me I need to bless. You can use my life. I'm mm -hmm. not just here to take. I'm not just in the family to take. I'm not a parasite in the kingdom. I'm not just here to take. I'm not just here to steal. Yes. I'm not just here to get. I'm here to serve. Yes. You're a good father. You are. You're a good father. Yes. And we thank you for it and we bless you in Jesus' name. Mm -hmm. Come on and give the Lord Amen. some praise. Amen. Come on and bless Amen. his holy name. Holy name. 
listen, you know, one of the things I have just learned in all my time walking with the Lord, you can't talk about faith and not talk about obedience. You can't. You the, can't. The ways of the Lord are not grievous. They are not grievous. The ways of the Lord are not grievous. And if we can ever get that into our soul, what he's asking us to do will be easy because we don't see it as grievous. It's the it's be, seeing something as grievous is one of the major keys to stop us from obeying God. Yes, it's one of the major keys to stop us because nobody see what you're doing. Holy Ghost. Nobody yeah. minds going outside if you say, "Will you go outside? It's thirty degrees, but I need you to go out there with flip flops and 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 and, and shorts on and a t shirt because it's a million dollars." Because you're not grieved by that. You don't care about the weather because the reward is so good. Even I don't care that it's cold. Because the that, reward right. is so good. But the things of God are so good that no matter what he asks us to do, we got to see it as not being grievous. That's so good. When you see it that way, it takes away it takes away that restraint of obeying God. It does. I was When you were talking, this is what I could hear. Um, and I'm, I'm not sure the direction that this will go in, but Romans 12 and 2 tells us to be transformed by the renewing mm -hmm. of our mind. And I feel like the transformation God is trying to bring us into is that obeying him is not grievous. It's not. And that many of us, we have obeyed. You know, I remember when you, I didn't know you at this time, but when you first were called to preach, you felt like that God was going to kill you. Like you didn't see it as a win to preach for him. You saw it as the way to keep your life. You remember yeah, that? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Because I didn't, I didn't, I had saw preachers before, you know, and I didn't desire to live the lifestyle that they had. I, I had in my mind, bigger ambitions than that. I wanted to do something different than that. And so when the Lord called me into ministry, uh, I, I literally said no. I literally said no and did not preach, did not tell anybody I was called a priest, didn't talk to my pastor about it, nothing until I understood. I heard the, the Holy Spirit say that it could end my life. Now, he wasn't talking about a physical death, but all I knew was physical because I didn't know nothing spiritual. And so I came into ministry um, through this fear based thing. But then I got to understand, wait, the, the killing of my life wasn't just a physical death. It was all the things God had planned. Had I not accepted my call to ministry, I might not have ever met you. I might not have met Chris. I might not have met Valley, Ralph, Kevin, Nagia. I mean, all the people that we do life with on a daily basis. I can't even name them all. Right. But all the people who who have helped us be who we are. Had I not said yes to God, I'd have missed out on all that. So what are people missing out on because they haven't said yes to God? Now, this is perfect. You don't even know this. Clarissa sent me a message on Friday at 103. She said, if you had to ask a question and issue a challenge for 2021, what would it be? And before I, when she when I read it, I thought, I don't know. But immediately this came out of me. What is disobedience costing you? Mm. Mm. The, the, the question that I would ask mm. is what is disobedience costing you? Because I know what the enemy tricks us into believing mm -hmm. obedience cost us. Mm -hmm. You see what I'm yep. saying? But what is disobedience costing you? Mm. If God has prepared in Jeremiah 29 and 11, yep. it says that he has prepared good things for mm -hmm. us. If if my if I can only get the good things in obedience what is my disobedience stripping from me? And why am I comfortable with it? Oh, I'm comfortable. But let's answer the question. The question is, why am I comfortable with it? I'm comfortable with it because I see doing it as grievous. Because I see it as grievous. But if I can, if I can, if I can, if I can do the work to understand that the ways of the Lord 
are not grievous to me, then I have less reluctance to be disobedient because I don't see it as grievous. And you got to grow up into that. You do. Because I can remember it. That's what this teaching is all about. No, it's about <laughs> growing up into that. And, 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 and you got, and so I'm challenging you. We're challenging you to push yourself mm -hmm. into that mind shift mm -hmm. today, because the truth of it is, is that as long as we see disobedience as grievous, yes. then what's going to happen is that we are going to try to do the minimum mm -hmm. that we can do for God, mm -hmm. but we're never all in. And so we say things like, well, I'm fasting because the Lord told mm -hmm. me to fast. Not I get to fast right. or I'm, I'm sowing this money because the Lord or, told or me. Or not that when I fast, the Lord is going to reveal something great to me. Yes. I got to do this because he said do. I got to do this. I can't eat the cake. Right. No, I get to turn away from this in order to receive mm -hmm. this thing. And so are y'all understanding that? Are you feeling that shift right there? Are you living that really shift? I love what um what um Miss Lewis, she said, one of the things that, that disobedience cost us is peace. Yes. It cost us our peace because peace is actually nothing missing, nothing broken. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. there's no way I can be practicing disobedience yeah. and not have something missing and something broken. Right. Facts. And I was thinking about this and, and, you know, and you're the teacher. So I'll let you transition us where we're going after this okay. right here. I want to say this, um, you know, perfect actions start with a perfect heart. Mm. I got to get a heart that's perfect toward God. Mm -hmm. That means I got to dig up the stuff that I've been taught that sees God as a taker that sees God is wanting to use me, take away my dreams. Many of us, if we grow up and we think about what it was like growing up as kids, we didn't hear about the great adventures with God. Mm -hmm. we, we, it was just like, you can't do this, you can't do that, you can't do this, you can't do that. And many of us, even though we are adults and we love God, we're still showing up like these 15 and 16 year old kids who feel like there's nothing good you get to come do on, if you walk with on, God. And so here you are, a whole yes. adult, yeah. when God has done all of these yes. things for you, and you're still in that 15 year old mindset where coming to him cost you so much. Listen, you got to make a shift today. You got to change. You have to make a shift. God will meet you at the point of shift, yes. but you're going to have to make it. You're going to have to say right now, what I'm willing to do is let go of every lie that tells me mm -hmm. God isn't good. Mm -hmm. Every lie. Mm -hmm. Every lie. Yeah, every lie. And some of that stuff was taught to us in church. Yeah, it was. It was taught to us in church. And so I got to now come to God and say, here, God gave me this word. He told me, he said, I'm going to reintroduce you to yourself. I say that part of the word all the time. But the only reason to be, the only way to really be reintroduced to yourself is you got to be reintroduced to him. Yeah. Yeah. Because we are created in this image. Yeah. So I can never really find out who I am until I find out who he is, which means I have to be willing to wipe the slate of everything that isn't true. And years ago, you and I made a decision that even when we did not know how to appropriately process a situation mm -hmm. or even scripture, that our foundation was that God was good. Yeah. Yeah. That the, our foundation yeah. was that God and, and that is regardless good. of what happened. If we blamed everybody in the world, the one person we wasn't going to blame was God. We wasn't going to get mad at God. We wasn't going to fall out with God. If there was some situation that didn't work and it was us and God, the people we were going to look at was us because we know that God is perfect. And so we never even allowed those kind of things to come into our life because our foundation, going back to foundation, faith foundations, right? Our foundation was that God is good. 
Our foundation was that God looks out for us. Our foundation is that God wants us to win. Our foundation was that, that God teach, wants us babe. to succeed. Teach, and so teach. because that was our foundation, if you truly believe that and that's your foundation and then something's not working out, you don't look at God. You look at you, you look at your understanding, you look at the situation. You know, here's here's another thing that I said to people, I, I was saying to somebody the other day. The fact of the matter is you have to grow into enough maturity to understand that maybe God could stop something from happening. Maybe God could cause you to be out of debt. Maybe God could heal your body. But a mature Christian is a person who says, but even if he don't, he's still good. He's still good. It, it, that, that, that's, that's what, that's what the, the young boy said when he got through into the fiery furnace. He said, look, God can deliver me. He said, Let, let's, let's, let's not even trip. God can deliver me. But even if he don't, he's still God. He said, he, 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 when, 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 when Daniel went into the lion's he said the same thing. He can deliver me. He said, Nebuchadnezzar, understand, I can be delivered. God can take me out of but even if he don't, he's still God and I won't bow down to you. So even if I don't get out of debt, even if I don't experience the physical healing in my body that I want to see, even if I don't find the mate that I believe I'm going to find this year, am I still going to love on God the same as I would if I had gotten those things? A mature person says yes, because God is good. And here's the beauty of it, because in Matthew 6 and 33, it says that when you seek God first, yes. when you put God in first place, when I move God from being the genie that I expect to just give me what I want. But what? even in that, some people want God to be the genie. They're like, I'm seeking him first for the thing. Come on. Don't seek him first for the thing. Seek him first for him. Seek him first for him. When you seek him first for him, you don't have to worry about the things. As long as you're focused on the thing, you're not really seeking after him. You're seeking after no, him for the thing. No, talk about it. And talk I think, so even it. when we use Matthew 6, we got to tell people, listen, you don't seek after him for the thing. You seek after him for who he is, because who he is is why we have the ability to be born again. Yeah. It is a better gift than anything we could ever receive. Teach, and so that part is important. Well, it's super important because look at what he says. If we seek after him for him, we never even have to look for things which was the point that where I was going with that, that he says, listen here, while you're following me, I'll add whatever you need. He said and he'll make the things, he'll make the thing you desire chase after you. Now, let me ask you this. In your walk with the Lord, have you seen some things that you used to chase, chase you? Absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. Some things that I used to want, some things that I had to have. When I put my attention first on him, I started to watch him. And here's what happens. He wants to bring you to such a great level of satisfaction that when the thing shows up, it's an afterthought. Mm-hmm. Right. It's like it's like this because it doesn't compare to him. The thing is good. Whether you get a new car, you get a new purse, a new house, you get a new a new mate. Those things are good. But because you're chasing him, those things are never better than the him. No. I get, OK, so I think I got a, an example to people. Okay. understand. OK, so I appreciate all the amazing things we do together. Yep. Right. I, I loved last year when you took me to Jamaica. I love going to Vegas. I, I love gifts. I love all of that stuff. But I am just as happy with you sitting on the couch when you harassing me. Right. I'm not happier with you. Right. I don't love you more. Right. I don't appreciate you more because you give me a thing. I love you for you. Yeah. The things 
or icing on the cake, but you don't give me a thing and then I go, oh, I love you more. Yeah. Now, the reality of it is, is that if we're really going to do this shift and come into real biblical mm -hmm. faith and go to the goodness of God, that many of us, we're weighing how much we love God or how good oh, God absolutely. is based on whether what he does for us. And sometimes we're basing that based on what we've told him to do. Well, we've not told even him to what, do. Not even, we said the faith begins where? Where the will, will of God, God is known. known. But we don't even take time to know the will of God. We decide what we want and then tell him to give it to us. And then if he doesn't do what we're supposed to do, then we fall out with him. That's human nature. No, I love it. People are saying that's plain that's to them. That's human nature. That's, that's the human nature. And so nobody, think about this. One of the things we were walking this year when, when we were doing one of the 100 mile challenges. And I said to you, I don't care how, some, how much someone tells you they love you. Mm -hmm. If they are using you, you can feel it. Yep. You can feel yep. when someone only wants you because of what you give to them. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't matter how much they say, I love you. It doesn't matter how much somebody messaged me and go, Pastor Sean, I love you. I appreciate you so much. You so dope. You can feel the energy mm -hmm. of someone who just wants what you have. Yep. They don't want you. Yep. They don't want you. They want what you have. So then the question becomes, do you want God? Or do you just want what he has? Now, before you answer the question, here's what I'll say. If you've left God for the thing, you already know the answer. <laughs> if you got mad at God when a thing didn't show up on your timeline, you already, you know, already the know the answer. You already know the answer. And that's the thing you got to be willing to judge in your own heart yep. and say, God, that's the thing in me that's got to go. If you can This ever kind of teaching folks folk, folk start clicking <laughs> off on you. <laughs> they start, they, the numbers start going down. But it's tight, but it's right. Listen, you have to understand you cannot use God. The Bible says, be not deceived. God is not mocked. That's really what it means. Be not deceived. You can't pimp God. You can't use God. No, what's so funny? You think your discernment is so on point right. that you know when somebody using you, but right. you don't think God know when you using Come on. him. Come on. You don't think when God know that you only you only did what he told you to do. Y'all need to share do. this broadcast. No, if you on, haven't shared on, it to your on, page, if you haven't shared it to some groups you're in where you have permission, somebody need to be righteously upset with this message today because that's how change takes place. Send it to them. Let them hear it. Let them get mad. Let them work through it. And then let's see some change. Listen. What, tell us what y'all getting from this as we trying to just walk through this. Because we ain't got it to our right? notes. We we got, we I don't know even know how we got to this point. But if you, I, but if you stop and think about it, because in the natural, mm -hmm. in the natural, if you had you had a period of time um, years ago in in the recession where you got laid off from your job, mm -hmm. and if when you got laid off from your job, I had moved into another bedroom mm -hmm. because I'm like, if you if you if you can't take me on vacation. I don't get down like that. Mm -hmm. In the natural, mm -hmm. everybody would have told you to kick my tail to the curb. Mm -hmm. Everybody would have told you, Sean don't mean you no good because if she can't be with you when things aren't perfect, she don't really love you. Mm -hmm. She loves the stuff you do for her. Mm -hmm. And many of us need to be, it's why me and Chris, like you, 
you you laugh at me and Chris, but me and Chris get saved a lot. <laughs> we we pray to prayer of salvation a lot. Right. And the reason that we do, we talk about this is that I always want my heart to be pure before mm -hmm. the Lord. Mm -hmm. And I never want to think that just because I have made a confession, because the Bible is clear. He said that he gonna say to some people, mm -hmm. you, you, you did, you prophesied, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you laid hands, mm -hmm. but you, I don't, you said, Lord, Lord, <laughs> but I don't know you. Right. I don't know you. Right. And so it really made me really come to this place to say that if in the natural, if I, I love my kids with everything, I don't like feeling used by my kids. Right. No one, I don't, I don't no like one wants to feel used by anyone, whether I, they admit it or not. It's not being being you being needed and being used is not the same thing. Yes. And so um, I don't like being used by them. Right. Mm -hmm. But there are times when I have felt like they were using me that I still try to use goodness because the Bible says it's the goodness of God mm -hmm. that draws them to repentance. Mm -hmm. And my goal becomes really, which is what God tries to model for us. I'm trying to be good enough to you that you will grow up and realize that I'm the only one who ever been good mm -hmm. to you consistently. Mm -hmm. And see, some of you just need to set yourself free. You ain't been good to you consistently. Yeah. You've not been good to you consistently. Mm. You have made decisions that were against your best mm -hmm. interests. You have gone past that did not serve you well. Yep. He's the only one who has ever been consistently good to any of us. Mm -hmm. Consistently good to any of us. And it's so important for us to remember that God doesn't need us for anything, mm. but we need him for mm -hmm. everything. Mm -hmm. We need him for everything. Yeah, yeah. I, I love this direction that you took where you begin to say, wait a minute, there is a powerful connection and we can teach you all the faith fundamentals. But the reason so many people are well, because we're talking about foundation. We talk about so foundation. It is impossible. I, I, I can we can give you the ingredients, but I go back to what I said at the beginning about the cake. And when you mentioned that, it is it's necessary to understand the process of taking these ingredients and putting them in their proper perspective so that the cake comes out the right way. Yes. So, so yeah, we can teach, we can teach the ingredient piece, but we started this direction because you, you just, you segue us into this whole thing because it's so important where obedience is concerned. You know, it's just, you know, when, when, when we talk about obedience, we're talking about how we live. And we said last week that there were four particular scriptures that reminds us of that. It says that the just shall live by faith. It mentioned it over and over, I think four different times in Habakkuk 2 and 4, Romans 1, 17, Galatians 3 and 11, and Hebrews 10, 38. Each time it says what? The just shall, shall live, live by faith. faith. And we, we used to say it like this. We ought to just live by faith. Live by faith. Why? 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 Because we faith. know that if we don't, we get into the area of those five senses. And those five senses help us to determine whether something is grievous or not. And if something looks grievous, if it feels grievous, if we hear it as grievous, if we see it as grievous, then what happens is we determine that it is grievous. And then we don't do it even though the instruction is coming from someone we say is perfect now think about that we we would all Come agree on. on this broadcast that god is perfect yet we in our limited wisdom can determine something is grievous and so we don't do it even though the instruction came from a perfect god from a perfect god see how crazy it sounds when you say it out it loud sound real crazy when you say it out loud well it's no different than parenting in the natural yeah 
You literally have been for your kids before they had sense enough to be for themselves. Yeah. When they couldn't take care of themselves, you were for them. Yeah. And now you give them an instruction that rubs their flesh wrong, and now they think you're their enemy. Now listen, we've been pastoring for a long mm -hmm. time. You see it with natural kids. You see it with spiritual kids. You see it with people who join your church. Yeah. People who think you're absolutely amazing. Amazing. You are absolutely they amazing. They've never seen no they pastor like you. Nobody, they ain't seen no church nobody. like you. They ain't seen no nobody. partners like you. Nobody. That this has to be a place that was plucked from heaven and thrown down to earth to be better than everything else until. Until what? Until you have to correct them or you say something that they don't like. Then all of a sudden, you just like everybody else and this place is worthless. And the reality of it is, is that that is the way people treat God. Absolutely. It is the way people Absolutely. treat God. Hold up the mirror. Show them what it is. It is the way people <laughs> treat That's right. God. It is the way people treat God. God. Mm -hmm. God is good as long as I get to live oh, where man. I want to live. Love him. God is good yes. as long as I get to date who I want to date. God is good as long as the money is flowing the way I want it to flow. <laughs> yep. But don't let God ask me to take the money mm. that I intended to buy a new TV with and sew it. Mm. Don't cause God ain't good if he mm -mm. asked me to do that. Don't let God ask me to repent to you when I don't think I'm wrong mm -hmm. because if God was good he wouldn't ask me to do that don't the, let me ask God for something and it don't come when I think it should he ain't a good God no more or don't let him say no mm. because sometimes mm. see the Bible says yeah. all the promises let, let, let's break it down the Bible says all the promises of God are yes and amen. Not everything you want. Not everything you ask for. Not everything you ask right, for. Right. Because there are sometimes some things that you ask for and God says no because it ain't no good for you. And, and can we be honest? There are some stuff that you ask God for that if he gave it to you, when you got it, you'd be mad because it really wasn't meant for you. Well. Now, I, I know it's some folk well, who could shout right now because well, the Lord didn't let them get well, that. So, because when they when they wanted to well, date that person, <laughs> that person said no, well, and they were heartbroken. But now they look down the, down the line five, ten years, they can't thank God enough that God said no. Well, Sometimes his no is a blessing. And you got to know that because God is good, if he say yes, it's a blessing. But if, if he, he say, say no, it's a blessing. Somebody ought to preach now. Now, now, now that's now, a fact. Right, now, come on. <laughs> come on and preach with us. Because you can't just be God is good when he gives you what he wants. Because then you're saying that God is only good when he like you. Mm -hmm. And the truth of it is, is that many of us keep trying to dumb God down to our image. And so it's good if we say it's good. But if he don't say it's good, then he wrong and he needs to come over Listen, here and align with us. It is no secret we have had a desire <laughs> literally before we ever started ministry since 1994 we have had a desire to live in Atlanta to live in San Diego to live in Charlotte we've had these desires even DC at one point anywhere but Arkansas I love DC anywhere but Arkansas we've had this desire but every time we got ready to go the Lord said no. It wasn't that we couldn't get a job. It wasn't that we couldn't find housing. It wasn't that we didn't have the money. God said no. And somebody asked me one time, they said, well, why didn't y'all just go? I said, because God said no. It's like people don't have that concept. It's like, if I got the money to do it, if I got the means to do it, if I got the will to do it, then I'm just going to do it. But not if God says no. And so I don't know That's what would have happened had we decided on our own to go to Atlanta, to go to San Diego, to go to Charlotte, to go to D.C. We literally might not even be married right now. 
Seriously. Seriously. We may not be passing the church right now. We probably so, wouldn't have all five of the kids we had. We would, sir, probably, probably wouldn't have. We wouldn't have. And, and the truth of the matter is, sometimes you ought to just thank God for saying no. Because if God says no, that means he knows something you didn't. And, and because he knows something you didn't, you don't really want it. You don't really want you it. Just think you you want just it. think you want it, but you don't want it because God wouldn't say no to something that was going to be good to you. I just want to know if anybody will be honest enough in these comments to admit that sometimes you begged your way, you manipulated your way into something that God said no about. And then when you got it, you had to beg God to get it mm -hmm. off of you. Mm -hmm. I wonder if anybody would tell the truth. ended up with the king. Mm -hmm. it's not a, he didn't want them to have a king. He said, y'all don't want a he king. He said, y'all don't, don't want a king. Oh, we want a king. We want a king. We want a king. We we want want a king. A king. He said, y'all don't really want a king. Yes, we do. We want somebody tall. and We want somebody who look good. And we want all these out of appearances. He says, I'll be your king. I'll be your king and your God. No, no, no. We want a king. He let them have it. Listen, they ain't been the same since. They ain't been the same they since. They ain't been the same since. Here's the question I want to ask you. What's your king? What's the thing that you keep exalting? Because here's the thing that nobody else, that people don't want to admit right here. Whatever you have to ask permission for to obey God, that's really your God. That's really your God. That's really your yeah. God. That's really your God. Yeah. That is what is really your king? Who is really king of your life? Is it your husband? Is it your wife? Is it your desire? Is it is it that I, I was talking to somebody? To, uh, and, go ahead. And, that go is, ahead. and I, I want to and I want to say this for all the married men out there, for all the married men out there, right? Say it, because baby. in church we talk a lot about the man being the head, the man being the head, the woman being submitted. I agree with all that. I understand all that. I, I believe in all that. But I also understand that at the end of the day, when when your time comes, you're not going to have to give an account for me. You're going to have to give an account for you. And in that account, you're going to have to give an account of why you didn't obey God. And what I'm going to have to do is I'm going to have to give an account to God of why I hindered you from, obe from obeying God. So in a marital relationship, we live by the saying is, did God tell you to do it? You better do what God told you So if you tell you me to God do. told me to do soul shift, I guess you better get to shifting souls then. <laughs> <laughs> because because if, that, if God told you to do it, then you better do it. And sometimes men will stand in the way of their wife pastor. doing something that God has called them to do because they either, they either one, they don't understand it, or number two, they're afraid that their wife is going to get some notoriety that, they, that they're not going to have. Wait a minute. Y'all should share this with everybody. Come on and talk about this because you're about to do this <laughs> or, thing. Or, 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 they just, they, or they just want to, they, they, they feel like submission means under. That, that if I had, if the Lord hadn't told me to do it, then he can't tell you to do it. And I'm telling you, that is dangerous to be in a situation like that when you are the husband or the wife, because at the end of the day, y'all are both going to have to give an account. One's going to have to give an account of why you didn't do what it is that the Lord told you to do. And the other's going to have to give an account of why were you the stumbling block? And I told the Lord, I don't ever want to be the stumbling block for what he's called you to do. Thank and so you. my I thing is, so that. my thing is to you is if, if you say the Lord told you to do it, the only thing I ever ask you, is that something you want to do or did the Lord tell you to do it? And, and, and sometimes you say, well, you know, maybe that's just something I wanted maybe to do. Maybe that's something I just wanted to do. <laughs> and I, but if you say the Lord told you to do it, then my next job is to figure out how to help you do that. No, I love that you said that. Even if I come back and tell you I just wanted to do it, then you still will be like, let's pray about it. Yeah. You don't throw away ideas. When I first started this work, you didn't understand no. this work. You didn't understand what this coaching soul shift and none of this stuff was about. But you were like, 
I will not get in your will, way. Or God's way. <laughs> and I think that people don't realize this because this is what I would say to the wives. And then what you do is then you use your kids and your husband as a as a as a reason for you not to do to, to, not to yep. do. Lord, God told you to go back to school. God told you to coach. God told you to do these things, and you use your husband. Um, I'm never. I, I got to tell this story. I remember years ago, I, God taught us a lesson at the same time. Mm. You, we were we were abundant life, mm -hmm. and this is when I used to open up service. I used to do the exhortation oh, yep, for service, yep. and you had wanted the songs in a certain order. Mm -hmm. You remember this? I don't remember, but go ahead. And we and we had been, <laughs> we were back in your office, and you wanted we were at McNair, and you wanted the songs in a certain order. And when I got up and I began to exhort, because you had told me exhort however the Lord tells mm -hmm. you, and then do these songs right here. So I had told the praise team do these songs right here. But when I got up, the Lord said to do something else. Mm -hmm. I'm literally with the mic, still praying, and the Lord is saying, I want you to do this instead. I say to the Lord, he, I said, Edwin told me to do X. He said to me, whose presence do you need more here? Mm. And I said, well, that's I'm, a no-brainer. <laughs> well, I said, I'm going to do what you said, but you got to handle Edwin. He said to me, I'm proficient at handling mm. Edwin. So I did what you said. I'll never forget. I looked. I looked on your face, and I had gone off script. And you know you don't like no off script <laughs> stuff. And you told me after church. Do you remember? I this? don't remember it. You told me after church that you were saying in your heart, "Why isn't she doing what I told her to do?" And the Lord said to you, "Do not interfere with her obeying mm -hmm. me. Don't ever get in the way of her obeying me." You don't remember I that? I don't remember. How can you not remember that? The Lord that? has chastised me so many times <laughs> over the course of my life. I cannot remember every time. <laughs> I'm a, I was a wayward child, so the Lord has had to speak to me a lot about things I'm not supposed to be doing. So I just don't remember that. But I believe it. <laughs> You should stop getting in trouble so much. I don't get in trouble that note. much anymore. But, that was, just, but back then, I got in trouble a lot. I mean, but but and to to that day, you've never pushed yeah, like uh, you'll ask me crucial questions. You'll say, "Let me pray about it." But ultimately, if I believe God told me to do something, you're gonna help me do it. Yeah, that's my role. And as women, do you think that God is going to overlook? See, because when God created you, He knew you would be a mother. He knew you would be a wife, but right. He also knew you would have these other talents. Right. Do you think it's going to be acceptable before God and say to the God who's got Jesus with nails in His hand that you couldn't do what He told you to do because somebody else didn't want you to do it? And I was saying to my friend the other day, I was saying that one of our challenges in transformation is that we we keep using the world's language. Mm. To, to talk about transformation. Mm -hmm, and this mm -hmm. was the example. It was LaShawn and she put on this post how I was how I had challenged her about saying yes to the will of God for her life years ago that mm -hmm. there were all these women she needed to help financially and she needed to step out. And she was responding to somebody else. She tags me in it and she says many of us have limiting beliefs that keep us from walking in purpose. Mm -hmm. And I responded. I said the problem is is that we call it limiting beliefs because that sounds better than what it actually is. It's disobedience. It's disobedience. It's disobedience. <laughs> and so right. the world, right. we like to fix things up. Mm -hmm. So I don't obey God because they talked about me. Mm -hmm. I don't obey God because my family think that mm -hmm. I think I'm so much. I don't obey God. I won't step out and do the business. Mm -hmm. I won't go to school. I won't preach the gospel. Mm -hmm. I won't evangelize. I won't do that. And we won't call it what it is, which is disobedience. Mm -hmm. And because we won't call it what it is, 
we don't have any conviction in our heart. Now I want to tie back to this. We were talking the other day about sin, transgression, and iniquity, yes. right? And typically when we talk about those in a church setting, we really talk about it like sexual sin, lying, and stuff like that, right? But understand this. Here is how a person can get into iniquity with their purpose. Mm. You begin to make excuses about why you can't obey God. Right. God told you to start this business. He told you to preach. He told you to go back to school, whatever God told you to do. Right. But you got this backstory that we call trauma. This backstory. Somebody picked on you. Yeah. Somebody molested you. Somebody did all of Which these may things. all be true things. It's all true. Right. I'm not minimizing right. that. Right. right. But instead of you saying, God, heal me through it mm. so I can do what you said. Mm. I allow the injury, the trauma, the lie that I'm not qualified, that I'm not worthy, that I whatever lie that because the truth of it is all bondage is held in place by a lie that you believe, mm -hmm. a lie that mm -hmm. you believe. Mm -hmm. And so now the lie that I begin to believe that closes me off to the voice of God is that whatever happened to me is so big that it justifies me mm -hmm. not doing what God yeah. said. Yeah, yeah. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. I'm not trying to say that the trauma isn't real. I'm not trying to say that it's not real. Yeah, it, it's a very real but thing. But let's just be honest. There is no trauma that you have experienced that okays disobedience to God. What? Oh, oh no, no, wait, say it again, Pastor. So, so we, just, we just have to put it out there because sometimes you, you uh, have, sometimes you have to pull the, the you know, when you get in the wax, you don't want you don't want the, the wax to just kind of come off slow. You just have to yank you it off. Snatch the wax so off. Let's just snatch it off. I don't know what you've been through. I don't know what you've experienced. What I can tell you is that unequivocally, there is no amount of trauma that any individual has been through that justifies disobedience to God. It just isn't. Now, now you may have to work through some things, but there is no, God ain't gonna say, well, because you went through that, it's okay to disobey me. There is unequivocally, hear me, no trauma that you have been through or will go through that will ever justify disobeying God. Now, I don't know what else to say about that one. <laughs> it's just not. <laughs> so you're not going to say nothing? <laughs> I, no, I want them to say lie on that moment because what we believe, the lie that we believe is that because my daddy wasn't yeah. there, my mama wasn't there, someone touched me, someone broke my heart. It's like this. We had to make this decision a long time ago. I'm called to preach whether I'm married to you or not. Yeah. I'm a preacher. Yep. That's what God called yep. me. Yeah. Ain't no way in the world I'm gonna quit preaching if we didn't work out. Right. I'm gonna heal and I'm gonna preach this gospel. Yep. Because when I stand before the Lord, the Lord is not gonna say to me, Oh, Sean, I know you were so sad and you were so disappointed because things didn't work out with you and Edwin. And so it's okay, baby girl, yeah. that you didn't do what I told you to not do. Gonna, he's not gonna no, do that. he's not gonna do that. He's gonna say, My grace was sufficient to heal you. I didn't ask you to walk around broken, but what they did, listen, here's how you know it. Here's how you know it. Did Jesus ever get to come off of his assignment because of something somebody did to he him? He didn't even come off his assignment when he was on the cross. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, and, and none of us will ever experience that kind of trauma. We just won't. So, so there, so again, not to minimize anything that anybody has been through, we would never do that. And we understand that it's real. We understand it's painful. What we're saying to you is once you get beyond that though, there is no justification for disobedience based on some previous trauma. It just doesn't exist. Okay, so let's walk through this. And I'm glad we got some certified counselors on here who are saying that God is bigger than my trauma. Yeah. Because as one of my friends says, um, prayer is a weapon and mm -hmm. therapy is a strategy. Mm -hmm. Okay. So this is important because I want to walk you through this right here. 
if I if I allow my trauma, whatever it was, poverty, sexual abuse, rejection, whatever it was, bullying. They sharing this. I yeah, can yeah, see. No, no, listen. <laughs> if I exalt that mm-hmm. as bigger than God, mm-hmm. I have made that truth. And when I make something and true, God. <laughs> I made it true. I made it God. Yeah. And many of you, I'm sorry, you gonna get, you may get mad, but I want you to hear this. You made your pain your idolatry. Mm-hmm. Your pain is what you worship. Mm-hmm. Your pain is your justification for not it's obeying God. It's become your identity. It's, it's become, become your who identity. You are. And be- not something that happened to you. Who you are. And, 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 and it's, it's important that you understand how to transition from that. That, that, that whatever you experience is not who you are. It is what you experienced. We'll say that again. Whatever you have experienced is what you experienced. It's not who you are. And whatever you experience is lower than what God can show you. It is lower than what God can show you. And you can never walk in faith until you grasp that. Never. You can never walk in faith until you grasp that. Which is why we got all these notes here that we ain't touched it. We ain't going to touch today because this needs to be. We digging down before we dig up. We digging down so we can dig before we can dig up. Right. It is imperative that we understand. I love that Joyce said on one of the um, streams. She says, I want to thank you for this teaching that is showing me (laughs) where I was obedient when I didn't even know it. I love it. Get your wig snatched off. Snatch Snatch it all off. I don't (laughs) care. Because what we need to do is we need to come to a place of transparency that the reality of it is, is that where iniquity can come is when I begin to think that who I am is based on what has happened to Mm -hmm. me instead of what God has said about me. And then I use what has happened to me to justify why I'm disobeying God, not even realizing that if I would agree with God, he would break the chains of what happened to me off of me. I love what St. Teresa said. I am not my experience. Come on. I am not my, where that comment, put that comment back up there. If you could put that, she said, I am not my experience. I am what God said. I am not my experience. I've done, listen, I, as a person who, uh, the Lord has been so gracious with uh, who has who has listened. And I tell my story because it's true. Right. But I think it also helps people. I used to practice willfully disobeying God because it didn't want to do the stuff he was asking me to do. But God's always been gracious. But in that I've experiences and made some experiences that weren't so pleasant for my life. But I don't let those experiences define who I am today. Who I am today is a result of God grooming me, not my mess ups and not my past experiences. So we can't let trauma say to us, here's who you are. That's why we talked about that thing about shame several weeks ago. Remember, I am not flawed. I may have done some flawed things. I may have done some jacked up things, but I am not flawed. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And as I began to understand that, I can move away from this idea that, that, that I'm my trauma and that because I've been through this and because I've been through that and because I did this or this happened, now I don't have to, I don't have to do the other things God's asking me to do because of this. It's just not true. You teach him. It's just not true. Let me ask y'all something. The Bible says, don't be ignorant of Satan's devices. Can you see his devices in your life? Because if you can see his devices in your life, yeah. you can stop being maneuvered by. Yeah. Now, we're different in this place, but the end result was still disobedience. Mm-hmm. So here we go. You say you were willful disobedience, mm-hmm. right? What I did over a period of time is that I allowed injury to mm-hmm. justify my mm-hmm. disobedience. Mm-hmm. And, and here's the thing. We'll talk about this. Um, I am an incredibly prophetic person, mm-hmm. right? 
and 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 contrary to popular belief, Pastor Edwin will confirm this. I do not pray to know nothing about mm-hmm. nobody. Mm-hmm. In fact, many times I ask God Don't not show to me tell that. me yeah. stuff about <laughs> people. Yeah. And literally, the way it happens for me is two things. We were talking about this the other day. Is that literally somebody's name will come up, and I will see a vision. I will see a screen of something that they are doing in their life. Mm-hmm. Right. Or I will have a knowing of something that I know I could not know. Mm-hmm. Early on, um, w- the way that the enemy got me to be disobedient to my assignment was a twofold thing. Mm. Number one, we went to a place and got a very ugly prophetic word mm-hmm. over us publicly. Mm-hmm. It was ugly and it was wrong. And that thing, number one, you got to think about my background. I come from a Baptist church. We don't believe in the moves of the spirit, the gifts of the spirit. So the truth of it is, even though I was flowing in this stuff, all this stuff was a little suspect to me anyway. Okay. <laughs> Let me just tell the truth. It was suspect to me anyway. Okay. And so we get this very hurtful prophetic word, mm-hmm. right? So I began to say, if this is what prophecy can do to people, I won't prophesy. Mm-hmm. And then I begin to say, and no one can prophesy to me. And I went through a period of time, you can attest to this, where I literally said, if you weren't Pastor Cynthia, Pastor Tony, Edwin, or Chris, don't bring me no prophetic Mm -hmm. word. You cannot prophesy to me. And then I took it further that literally when God would give me things to say to people, I went through a period of time where I would not say it because here's what would happen to me. Here's where the injury would come to me. When I had a prophetic word that told people they was about to be promoted, they were about to be blessed, they were about to increase. They loved you. People loved they me. They loved you, didn't they? They loved me. Mm-hmm. When I had a prophetic word that who they were dating, they mm-hmm. should not date, mm-hmm. that they were, that even though nobody could see it, they were hidden, they were sitting in secret shame mm-hmm. and sin. When I had words like that, now you people a hater? would say, People would say I was a hater. You didn't want the best for them. I didn't want the best for them. You was being mean. I was being mean. Mm, and on. I was trying to control them. Mm-hmm. So what I said to the Lord one day with my feelings hurt was I won't tell nobody nothing. Mm-hmm. I literally said to the Lord, if they are not about to die physically, don't tell me. Don't tell me. So I was willfully disobedient for the stuff I wanted to do. You was willfully disobedient because you didn't want it because you was trying to avoid injury. I was trying to avoid injury. And both of those and both of those are wrong. And God really had to take me through this process. And Bishop Corletta Vaughn is the person who brought me out of it. She said, you are disobedient. She brought me to an event. She brought me to an event and she said to me, you prophetic on accident. You don't even realize you prophesying to people Mm. because God is having to backdoor prophecy through you because you are refusing to participate. Mm. And she said to me, she said, it is time. It is some of the best words I ever got. Mm. She said, it is time for you to heal. And it is time to for you to grow up mm. because the kingdom has need for you. See, In other words, what Bishop Vaughn was saying to you is no amount of trauma you have experience on. gives you an excuse to disobey God. That's what she said. That, that she may use different words, but that's what Bishop was saying to you. Somebody tag Bishop Bond so she <laughs> can see this. She literally said to me, and yeah. she was gracious with yeah. me. Yeah. She was gracious with me. She was kind. I would be, we would be talking on the phone, and she would say, I understand, little sister. Mm-hmm. I understand how hurt you are. I understand how angry you are. 
but it's time for you to grow up and it's time for you to mature. Mm -hmm. And literally that's really been in the last three years. Mm. And so in the last three years, I had to come back and say, I wouldn't say I was a prophet. Right. God will be telling me you a prophet. I'd be like, pick somebody else. That ain't what I do. <laughs> that is not what I do. I'm a Baptist girl from Jerusalem right. Baptist right. Church in Fort Ives. Right. And part, and that's when he began to say to me, I'm trying to reintroduce you to yourself. Mm -hmm. Many of us, your willful disobedience, mm -hmm. it came from not knowing who you were. Yeah. My, my my willful disobedience and trauma, it came from not knowing who yep. I was. But the end result is that we both went through a period of time where even though we didn't quit in the way other people quit. Right. Now, come on. See, right. some of y'all, right. I'm, I'm going to help the, the you saints who ain't left you can, church. You can check out and still be somewhere. No, no. I'm going to help the saints who don't who ain't never left church. I'm, I, I want to help the saints who ain't never left church. You ain't never quit on God. You ain't never stopped tithing. But in your heart, you said, this is far as I'll go with mm -hmm. you. This is as far as I'll go with you. You ain't singing oceans. You, you ain't singing you, oceans. You ain't, you ain't asked to be taken into no deep. No, no, no. You said, you said, I used to say, listen, I ain't gonna stop preaching because you won't let me. Because mm. you want me to mm. preach. But this other stuff, mm. I ain't doing this mm. right here. Cause mm. the price is too high, it hurts too much. And then what he and then here was the thing. Because what he really did to me is that. In addition, I'm a fighter by nature. Mm -hmm. So people would talk about me and he wouldn't let me go off. Yeah. So now I'm feeling like a straight punk. Let mm -hmm. me just tell you, mm -hmm. you won't let me defend myself. Mm -hmm. You won't make them drop dead because mm -hmm. they talking crazy mm -hmm. about me. And you want me to be out here. And Bishop Vaughn said, you need to grow up. Yep. You need to and grow sometimes up. you need somebody in your life to say, listen, it ain't all about you. You need to grow up. There's an assignment on your life. There are people depending on you and you can't let hurt. And I'm not going to say little hurt, but you can't let hurt stop you from obeying God. And that's just the truth. And that is the level of maturity we want. We desire to get people to. We had to go through it. It ain't easy. It ain't painless, but it is better on the other side. It's better, it's on, the better other side. on the other side, which is why the other day I said to Chris, I'm so happy on this other side. I can see why the enemy fought me to get me here. Absolutely. I can see it. See, if you will take this journey, when you get to the other side, you will understand. And I, Ray made a comment. He said, these people never read the Bible. I don't think it's that people don't read the Bible. I think that the enemy is very crafty mm -hmm. at sending hurt where you didn't think it would come because from. Because hurt opens doors and you don't. And, and, and here's the thing. You can't necessarily stop hurt, but you can always close the door. Yes. You can't always stop the hurt. And so you have to. Re and here's the thing. If you go to and I'm not trying to bash anybody, but if you go to a church where they where they literally open up with a prayer, sing two songs and somebody preached for 20 minutes and two of those in two of those minutes is a poem. And another three of those minutes is, is an jokes. analogy. And they give you one scripture and don't break it down and send you home. You can go to church forever and never learn to successfully deal with what you need to deal with. It was our frustration going back to how we started this broadcast. It was our frustration with that that said, no, it's got to be something else to this. Yeah. Is you have to go after the more. Yes. You have to go after the more. And, and one of the things I had to learn is that there is no one of my favorite scriptures over the years has become Psalm 62. My expectation is from the Lord. And this is what the Lord taught me. He said, I heal you when you get broken from your own disobedience. Mm -hmm. So I certainly heal you if you get broken following me. Mm -hmm. 
And so I had to literally reopen my heart and tear down all of those walls. And those of you who were there over the last couple of years, you've seen it happen where God really just began to deal with me about all of the false identities, all of the idolatry I use to protect myself. Mm -hmm. Even though I love Jesus, even though I love Jesus, I'm not gonna let nobody get close to me. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna ever admit that I'm hurt. I'm never gonna say that. I, that's why the other week when I cried on the broadcast, everybody who knew me, knew me was like, whoa, because <laughs> the truth of it is, is that three years ago, yeah. no matter what you said, I wouldn't have right, shed a tear. Right, I'd have right, been like, right, you'll be okay. Right. Because I had built an image that wasn't the image of God. Right. So if I'm now, this ties us back to faith. Part of our faith authority is that we operate as God operates. Mm -hmm. So if I'm born again, but I'm not being who God called me to be, I'm not in the identity that God has called me into. Even when I speak to things, they don't have to move. Mm. Yeah. And I'll give you this good example. Years ago, I went to um, to my spiritual mother's conference and they had asked me that morning. Many of you have heard this story. They had sent me an early morning message. Something had happened. They needed somebody to do corporate prayer. Now, anybody who's ever heard me do corporate prayer, I'm intense. I'm a walker, all of this stuff. But there, the person who had done corporate prayer the day before, it was really kind of this kind of gentle, soft music, kind of whatever. Right. And so I said, well, when in Rome, do do what the Romans do. Right. So I tried to pray like that, holding myself back very softly. God is so good. He's so gracious. He's so kind. <laughs> oh, he's so good. He's so gracious. He's so kind. Anyway, long story short, prayer is over. The next year I come back, they asked me to pray again, but I had done some growing since then. Mm. And I said, listen, when I pray, I'm going to pray like I would pray at a fellowship of champions. I'm going to go for broke like we do. When I get through praying and I come off the stage, this pastor says to me, who was there last year, she says to me, would you come and do prayer at my church? This is the first time I heard you pray. And I said, no, you actually heard me last year. She looked me in my face and she said, no, this is the first time I heard you, you pray, pray, which is why heaven moved mm -hmm. when you pray. Mm -hmm. There are things you're trying to speak to that don't have to obey you because you're not walking in the authority God gave you. This is going to sound arrogant for some people. Come on. But those of you who aren't afraid to say this, I need you to type in the comment section. The world needs me. The world needs me. I know it's going to be arrogant for some of y'all and some of y'all not going to be able to do it. But those of you who got the God audacity to say it, I need you to type that in the comment section. The, the world, world needs me. me. Not an imitation of you, not a carbon copy of, of, of you where you sprinkle somebody else in it. I'm talking about you. The world needs you. That's why God put you here. Yeah, this is good. How much? Okay, listen. So this we what we're gonna do. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, we, we, ain't no ain't no teaching this no, today. No, let, let's. But let so really, let's get ready to wrap up here. Really, so y'all tell us y'all takeaways. Tell us what you're taking away from this. Now we want y'all to know God intervened. We had a whole. We ain't. We literally have not touched <laughs> these notes, and that's okay. They they'll be good for some other time. For Sunday. But, for, for, but we just could not give you the ingredient without tilling the ground first. We, we couldn't give you the seed without, without tilling the ground first. So we, hope, we this. hope this you got something out of this. How many of y'all can see how the enemy- I love how many people saying it. The world, the world needs, needs me. Don't be ashamed, say it. How many of y'all can see where the enemy has used your flesh, your injury and your pain to manipulate you into disobedience? How many of you can say that? Can see that mm. because when I finally could see what Bishop Bond was saying to me, that really the enemy had used injury 
to shut me down mm-hmm. from being who God called me to be. Because right? he doesn't care how he does it. He yeah. just needs to do it. And, and, and while we want to talk about how the devil is stupid and dumb and all that stuff, he is, but he understands human nature and he understands how to manipulate it, which is why God tells us not to be ignorant concerning those issues and those things. So yes, he used that hurt to shut you down because it wasn't just about shutting you down. It was shutting you and everything connected to you and everything connected to them connected to you down. I'm th- you're talking about generations of things being shut down. If he could shut one person down, which is why I'm telling you guys, the world needs you. Which goes back to then the question, what is disobedience costing? What is disobedience costing? You? Because even if what is it costing your family? What's it costing your family? What's it costing the next couple of generations? What is it costing your community? What is it costing your state? What is it costing the world? The world needs you, but you can't let disobedience stop you from showing up. And the way to keep the enemy from manipulating you, see, because even when we flow free, we come back to the same place. The only way to keep the (laughs) enemy from manipulating you is you must engage in radical obedience radical obedience the only way to stop the end when i went back to that place where i was willing to prophesy Mm -hmm. when i went back to that place where i was willing to operate in deliverance ministry i literally had to do it one word at a time but it had to be quick it had to be quick because the bible says when it talks about the 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 parable of the sower it talks about how if we're not careful uh seed will be sown but then the enemy will come and want to steal that he'll he'll come to immediately comes to steal that word away. That's why I love what the young lady was saying just a moment ago. She I'm was gonna put it back up. Uh, Latasha uh, Barry was saying, "Listen, after hearing the sermon, I made immediate, quick decision to do what God had been telling me to do." And then I love what she says. Her last statement: "I was just being disobedient." When you can admit you was just being disobedient, it's so easy to change because you're not trying to justify something. People who live in justification never come out of disobedience because they can always find a reason for why they were disobedient. Teach. They can always find a reason. So I love what she said. Absolutely. You got to be immediate. When the Lord tells you to do something, do it right then. Because if you don't, the enemy will come. And how does he steal the word away? He'll say, well, don't worry about it. Don't do it. Uh, they'll be all right. Especially when, when it comes to giving. The Lord will tell you to bless somebody. And then and, and you go, you say, okay, I'm going to do, do it tomorrow. Or when I get paid. But that ain't how we want God to show up. We want God to show up immediately. So we got to become immediate givers. And then the Bible says that God is unwilling to do without a quick prompt to do giver. So I want to be quick prompt to do in my giving, but I want to be quick prompt to do in my obedience. In my obedience. So I just want to challenge you guys. I want y'all to just do this because this is a great way. This is really how we try to train our kids. It's how I try to train. We try to train our spiritual kids. I want you to just ask the Lord right now what's something you want me to do. And let me just say this because Miss King uh, wrote something and and I understand what she's saying. She said that disobedience had robbed her of years that she can't get back. That sounds true in the natural, but the Bible tells us that God has a way of redeeming the time. Yes. So I'm going to challenge you, Miss King, to not make that statement and to say disobedience tried to cost you years you can't get back but god literally will put his hand up on your life miss king and he will cause it to be better than it ever was the story of the woman who uh the 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 woman who went through the famine the bible says that when she came back and reclaimed her land not only did she get the land but she got all the food and stuff that the land would have produced had it not been a famine 
but it was a famine. But it was. It was a famine, but she got the land and the food back. So in Jesus' name, we're declaring that whatever years you thought you missed, God's going to redeem those that for God you, Miss King. God has a way of restoring and redeeming. Absolutely. Amen. And whoever else that's for, you ought to take that. Mm -hmm. He redeems the time. The Bible says that he restores yes. the you want? Are you looking for restoration? Yes. Then you have to engage in, I need everybody to type radical obedience. Radical obedience. Radical obedience. And for many years, because here's the other thing I want to tell you guys, is that you can be radically obedient in one area and not in another. Yes. Yeah. You can be radically in one area. So you really, you really are radically obedient in your giving, but you not radically obedient in the fact that he told you to prophesy to somebody, yep. right? Or he told you, or even some of you who believe that you're called to, I'm going to say this, those of you who believe you're called to the prophetic ministry, but you don't train yourself for the ministry. Mm -hmm. You're, you don't, you're not a lover of the word because I'll just tell you is that we have too many prophetic people who don't love the word. And so then yeah. what you begin to do is you begin to pull from the psychic realm and mm -hmm. getting information. And just because you can discern something doesn't mean that it comes from or God. Or you just get full of your opinion. Well, and you start to, and I don't call it prophesying. You start prophesying. I, I knew uh, you was gonna call You just that. start prophesying. You just saying what it is you think is is true, as opposed to what God said. And that's not prophecy. That's a prophet lie. Amen. Baby. Amen. Amen. <laughs> that's that Koji coming out. Amen. <laughs> so I just want to challenge you right now. Here's our faith exercise as we get ready to give two things. I want you to ask the Lord to give to tell you one thing He wants you to do. Outside of giving, because it's two assignments. So your second assignment is, what do you want me to give today? But your first assignment is, God, what, what's one area of my life? What, what's one area that you've been speaking to me about? One thing you want me to do right now, like right now, you... I need I need an instruction because you have to begin to train yourself. Yeah. And I think here's the thing. Many of us haven't been taught this. You've got to train yourself in the same way we trained ourselves to walk those miles in a certain amount of time. In the same way when you used to be a dis I mean a runner, you train yourself mm -hmm. to do it. You have to train yourself to hear from God. Mm -hmm. And people are going to think it's silly when you start asking God about things that other people think are common yep. sense. But what it does is that it inclines your ear to hear mm -hmm. because that's what Jesus said. Jesus said, I only do what I see the father doing. And I only say what I hear the father saying and radical obedience is going to close the door in many ways where the enemy has been getting an advantage over us. And here's and here's a way I want you. And I don't I don't normally do this, but I'm going to do this today. Come on, babe. Here's a way that you can practice radical obedience. If this word has blessed you, I want you to ask the Lord what you should sow into this ministry today. I, I want you to ask him. And, and, and the reason I use money is because money is the thing that's just most difficult for us to give up on. Oh, yeah. It's the thing that's most difficult for us to release. And I want, and it, listen, we ain't talking about an amount. I just want you to ask the Lord. And then whatever he says, I want you to practice the actionable step of doing it. Mm -hmm. I want you to be quick to do it. Don't be like, well, I do it later this afternoon or I'll do it tomorrow. I, be quick to do it because the more you start to practice being obedient, having sudden obedience it'll carry into other areas of your life so i'm challenging you with some sudden obedience today well i think it's important because you know we always have this funny thing we're just giving you an opportunity to get we wrapping up but we always have this very interesting thing that so many people are believing god for financial increase but then they get so upset when god asks for a seed 
And um, I heard, you know, I heard somebody say this week and it really, really blessed me because I think it, it really sums up what we understand about the kingdom of God. He And he said it was Pastor Oyedipo. He said, you actually can't pray for prosperity because you actually participate in prosperity. OK, so slow down and repeat that for them so they get that. I want to because because when you when we were talking about it, it was an aha moment for me. OK, OK. So he says you don't pray for prosperity. You don't pray. Hear you that. Don't, you don't pray, pray that prosperity, prosperity comes. You don't pray that prosperity comes. He says, because the Bible tells us that he's given us the keys to the kingdom. He said, seed time and harvest is the key to prosperity. Mm -hmm. He said, you never have to pray for where you already have a key. My, it was revelation for me. He now listen, baby, that blessed me. It was that revelation thing, he for said, me. He said, you don't pray for, he said, and it's because people don't understand the kingdom. Mm. He said, so you're praying for more money, but you don't participate in the key that brings financial increase, right? He says, you don't have to pray for prosperity when you have a key. He said, because once you are a consistent participant in seed time and harvest, you just begin to prophesy that the earth give you the harvest. Mm -hmm. I thought that was life changing. Does that make sense to somebody? So when, when, I, when we were talking about that, the thing as we had finished talking about, the thing I heard was because I had never heard it explained that way. Right. Yeah. yeah. I had never heard it explained that way. So I was like, so what happens then is in the word of faith movement unintentionally probably maybe intentionally i don't know we've taught people to pray for prosperity but in doing so we've actually set their hearts up for disappointment yes yes because we've told people you can pray and ask the lord to do all of these things but then we don't talk to them about the necessary the necessary things you must do to participate in that process so it's like um I don't have a great example, but it's like asking for something that requires you to do a step, but you never do the step. And then you're disappointed that you didn't get the thing. And for me, I was like, whoa, that's a different way of thinking. Right. You know, and maybe because I'm an educator, maybe because I think analytically sometimes, but I'm like, that makes so much sense now why some things didn't happen in my life early on. I prayed for prosperity early on. I never wanted to be broke. I never wanted to be sick. I never wanted to be alone. But it wasn't until I fully understand that I had a role to play in that. Because then once I have done my step, now literally I can sit back and tell angels. To, the Bible says I can tell angels to bring to me what the, what, what is mine in the earth. And so for me, I, I just thought that was revelation when, when, you, when you said it. <laughs> I thought it was too. But hold on because I want to. I want to. I want to get that scripture because I think it's an, an important scripture. Somebody said they just sold a hundred dollars into it. God bless you. Listen, you know, the scholarship fund is where my heart it's is. Baby. I appreciate that so very, very, very much. Uh, the scholarship fund is my baby. It really is. It is literally the thing that, it, that, 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 if, that if I could put millions of dollars into today, I, I, I would do it. I'd forego my bitly uh, in order to put money in the scholarship fund first. Amen. But praise God, I ain't got to choose. Praise God, I ain't got to choose. I can have both. But I love the scholarship fund. Um, Matthew 16, verse 19. He says, I will give you this, the Passion Translation, and I'm going to go to the Amplified. He said, I will give you the keys of, I will give you the keys of heaven's kingdom realm 
to forbid on earth that which is forbidden in heaven and to release on earth that which is released in heaven, mm, right? The, key. now, the keys. I'm going to give you the keys of heaven's kingdom. So the key to financial prosperity in the kingdom of heaven is seed. Mm -hmm. So when I am praying for fine, I'm praying to be a millionaire. Mm -hmm. I said this to Chris the other day. I'm praying to be a millionaire, but I'm sowing hundred dollar seeds mm -hmm. because I don't understand that prayer is not a magical genie formula right. and that he's actually given me a key. If I want to be a millionaire in the kingdom, mm -hmm. this just go help somebody. Then God is not just going to look at what I sow. He's going to look at how I respond as a distribution center. Yes. He's, he's going to judge me because God is a good businessman. Mm -hmm. So he wants to know, God is saying, if Sean is saying she wants to disperse millions on my behalf, mm -hmm. I got to know what she does with these thousands I give her right yep. now. If I ask her to pay somebody's rent, if I ask her to do this thing right here, will she pass the test? Mm. The key is not just the seed. It comes back to this. It is the obedience to sow the seed the way he tells you to sow it. Yep. And we're going to wrap up. But I, I want to say this because I think this is important. I think black women will really resonate with this. We talked about this when we walked the other day. Many times we have put ourselves in situations where God has literally had to dry up our increase. Mm, mm. And people not going to like this, but I'm going to tell you mm. this. I don't care how much God loves you. Mm -hmm. If you interfere with his plan, he'll push you back. Mm -hmm. And so many of you, myself, I used to be one of these people. You've stopped your increase because when God increased you, you were not a good steward. What do I mean? You weren't a good steward. You felt that because you love someone that you should help them even when God said no. You felt like that because you didn't like someone that you shouldn't help them even when God said yes. And the Lord began to say to me, he said, one of the things I'm looking for in this distribution, mm -hmm. I've got to know that you disperse money according to my word, not your feelings. Mm -hmm. Not my, not your feelings. Now, you had a similar word when the Lord talked to you about the water hose thing. Mm -hmm. And I believe that there are many of us who we need to repent for when we had increase. We did with it what we thought was right. Right. Not realizing that in the see, in, this is what we've been trying to explain to our kids in the same way that God brought me to him in the same way that God brought you to him. Our kids have got to come to him, too. Mm -hmm. And that means that if our kids get them in themselves in a situation where they're fighting against God, God may literally say to us, to a spiritual kid, to somebody in the church, you can't bless them. Yeah. You cannot help them. You cannot interfere. And if you go, he wouldn't do that. You say that because you're judging God after yourself. Right. And many of us have brought really cursed. We've go gotten ahead. in God's way. We I'll say <laughs> that's the issue. If God says don't give, then you don't give because to give would be in his way. If God says to give and you don't give, then you have gotten in God's way. It's really simple in terms of obeying God. What did God tell you to do? And you do that, not what you feel. You don't go by your five senses. You obey God. We obey God. And as my spiritual mother says it, we take God, God serious. So I want to encourage you over this next 90 days. I want you to hear me. Radical obedience is going to be so important. I've been saying this prophetic word. I can't get rid of it, which is that there is going to be a 
a distinguishing factor. You're going to be able to see the difference between radical, obedient God lovers and people who just go to church. Mm -hmm. You're going to be able to see the difference. But as you increase, I want you to ask God to make you a good steward, which means that literally you have got to understand that if there are people that God is dealing with and he is telling you to get out of the way, you got to get out of the way yeah. and trust God. Why? Because there are things that we now understand where there were times where we felt like people could have helped us, but God was doing something yeah. in us. Yeah. He was teaching us not to make yeah. those people our source. Yeah. And many of us, we may, if we're not careful, our kids will think they will come to us instead of yeah. going to God. Yeah. We went to our parents instead yeah. of going to God. And he's like, no, 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 no. Everybody comes to me because mm -hmm. I'm the source. Mm -hmm. And so I just felt like I wanted to share that to you. So as you increase, particularly women, because I feel like a lot of times women get more um, emotionally pulled into that than men, that if God tells you don't give your sister any more than X dollars, then you can't do it because that's disobedience. And your trauma about how your family may talk about you is not a justification for disobedience. See how we not. brought that full back? It's just not. All right. I'm I'm done. I'm done. I mean, we, we appreciate you guys. Listen, if you haven't, share this broadcast. We appreciate you. Thank you for helping us get our analytics up. But more importantly, thank you for helping us push this gospel to every place we can imagine. The internet is a wonderful opportunity. It would have cost us millions of dollars to do this 10 years ago. Yes. 10 years ago, it cost us millions of dollars to do what we did here for the cost of a, a webcam and, and a monthly internet subscription, right? And a ring light. <laughs> so we appreciate you guys being here. God bless you. We'll see you next week. Join us next week. We're going to actually come back and talk about some of these Things ingredients we right. <laughs> that we were going to talk about today. But uh, I believe the Holy Ghost breathed on this and it blessed somebody. So if you if you repented today, if you rededicated your life, if you got saved, if you got a testimony, send us a message in the inbox. Let us know what it God is doing. It should be something as quick as Pastor Edward Pashon. I was quick to obey God today. Yes. You know, but let us know that this word is resonating with you, that it turns into something actionable and not just a good feeling word. All right. We love y'all. Y'all have a great day. Be blessed on purpose. Obey God radically. God bless you.